Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week, we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations, and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. My name's Tony. My name is Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. We sure are. Well, this is the first time in two months that we have <laughs> been, been recording while. back in our Sticks and Bricks That's recording right. studio. It is weird. So we don't really have a campfire. <laughs> Although no, in parts of the state, it smells like there's one because, yeah. you know, it's summer. It's summer in Northern California, yep. and that means fires. We're actually not too bad in this location, though. No, Oregon, though. My gosh. Yeah. I feel bad for Oregon. Man. Okay, so we are going to go right into this week's topic, and we're going to do things a little differently. We have been seeing a lot of information and misinformation yeah there's a lot of people still shopping for and buying new rvs right and i see a lot of information that gets spread around that's some of it's accurate and a lot of it just isn't which is true everywhere on the yeah. internet. I mean, yeah. you know, that is what the internet's for, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't know. But anyway, so if you've been listening for any length of time, you know, you know, our intro says we are RV industry veterans. We are. And I worked at an RV dealership and I uh, handled both sales and warranty. And I wanted to give you some insider's tips on the realities of buying an RV. What do you think about that? I think that's a brilliant idea. So we're going to draw on my dealership experience. And if you're shopping for an RV, new or used, we're going to try to help you navigate some of this and avoid some of the pitfalls and big pitfalls that you <laughs> might fall into in the shopping process. Right. So the first piece of advice I can tell you is it used to be you could go to an RV show and wander through the RVs and see all these different models and all of that. Well, there is such a shortage of RVs out there right now that very few RV shows are happening. And if they are, there's a lot of used units. And a lot of dealers just aren't even participating because they don't have enough to sell. So they right. don't. They don't take anything out of stock to take to a show. No. And an RV show is very expensive for a dealer. I mean, you might think, ooh, it, you know, it's a great opportunity. And it is. But it costs a lot of money. You have to prep and polish up the RVs and then haul them to the RV show. And then pay staff to be there the entire time. And then... And then clean them up again yeah, when you get them back to the dealership. They all have to come back. Even if you sell them at the show, they still have to come back, go through what's called a pre-delivery inspection and reverse the damage that was caused <laughs> at the RV show. And then they are delivered to the customer. So it's an expensive process. And most dealers nowadays are like, we're not interested. I mean, Camping World, which is the largest RV dealer in the country, had their virtual RV show. Just because why bother taking stuff somewhere when you're just going to sell it anyway at your own 
place. Right. So what I would suggest, since you're not going to be able to go to an RV show, is make a list. Determine what you want from an RV and be realistic about it. A while back, I think it was episode 46, we talked to Josh the RVner, Josh Winters, and he gave some pointers about how to decide what it is you need in an RV. For example, if you are camping with teenagers, perhaps consider that those teenagers won't want to camp very often with you. And so you don't need bunks that will hold teenagers for every trip. So you just want to be really aware of what your needs truly are, how you will camp or travel, because camping and traveling we've talked about before are very different things. So if you're going to be traveling and be on the road a lot, that might be different from I'm going to drive 10 miles for the weekend and sit and camp and party all weekend. Yeah, exactly. Those, those require different kinds of things. So really think about how you'll use the RV, who will use the RV, how often, and things like that to really, really narrow down the things that are very important to you. Yeah, and sort of priorities, your style of camping. For example, if you do a lot of boondocking or think you will, things like tank sizes, solar options, fuel capacities, cargo carrying capacities. I've seen RVs where their cargo carrying capacity is so low if you fill the freshwater tank, you are almost at capacity. Then where am I going to put all my pajamas? Well, and this was a <laughs> motorhome. Where are you going to put your you? Yeah. So pretty is what people look at, but numbers are really what will make a difference over time. Right. There is a free download on RV travel of who makes what motorhome and travel trailer, and it's an exhaustive and extensive list. Yeah, so it's a I'll, long list. I'll put a link to that. <laughs> and so that tells you if you think that you might like a brand X RV, it tells you which manufacturer actually, there's like a parent manufacturer for almost every company. Yeah. So that will tell you who owns the company that makes the RV you're right. looking at. Right. And, and one of the things, if you see a floor plan, and let's say you see a floor plan in a Oh, I don't know, a Coleman Lantern, which is a brand that's only at Camping World. Well, there's exactly the same floor plan at Aspen Trail because that's who makes Coleman Lantern. So if you have decided on a floor plan, look around. There's not a lot of unique floor plans out there. there I mean, are... there's only so much you can do with an 8 by 20 box. Right, exactly. <laughs> so if you like a floor plan look around, there will be other people who make exactly the same floor plan. And sometimes just little differences will affect the, the usability of that RV. When you're shopping for your RV, pretend you're camping. Imagine making a meal or lounging inside on a rainy day, or can you actually fit in the bathroom or the shower? Yeah. You know, can you wash your hair or can you scrub your back or feet or whatever? <laughs> whatever it is you want to scrub. <laughs> yeah, right. Can you do shower yoga like Josh does? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe rent a few different floor plans and see what you might like. I really, I think renting first is a huge benefit. Right. Because some people don't even know whether they want a, like a motorhome, a class A, B, or C that they can drive, or if they want something that they can tow. There's not a better answer. There's the answer that's better for you. Right. But we can't tell you what that might be until we know more. You can probably figure out what you want. But if you're not really, if you're still not really sure, 
then renting is a great way to find out, like rent a class C and go camping in it. And if you say, oh, I really wish I had a little car to run to the grocery store every single time you go, then maybe that's not the right way. Yeah. So that's that's a great bit of advice. Rent first and, and try it out. Okay. This might be one of the more important bits of this whole thing. If you are buying a towable RV like a travel trailer or fifth wheel, know what your tow vehicle can tow before you start shopping. Yes. RV dealers are very, very seldom forthcoming about what your vehicle can tow. And Oftentimes, we'll recommend things that way exceed the limits of your vehicle, which can be dangerous to you and harmful to the longevity of that vehicle. And don't forget that this is not just one number, one number. You don't just look at the what my truck can tow and then what this trailer costs off the factory floor because there's water and there's stuff and there's people and there's there's so many factors into that number like sure oh my my truck can tow 5000 pounds okay well this trailer only weighs 4800 you're good to go go nope. buy it <laughs> yeah so we have a very detailed episode of the stressless camping podcast with Oren Kern who is uh, really knowledgeable about towing, and I'll put a link in the show notes. Yes. Listen to that, because just because your truck says it'll tow 12,000 pounds does not mean you have any business towing a 12,000-pound travel trailer. There's a lot that goes into the math. Again, math was your friend, and I know they promised us we didn't have to do math after uh -huh. we left school, but uh -huh. not in this case. There's math everywhere in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Stinky math. You know, Jimmy Buffett has a song that says, he says math. math sucks. That's right. <laughs> but sometimes it's a necessary suck. Ah, there you go. Anyway. Okay, so let's say you have decided what you want in terms of floor plan. You have a pretty good idea of what your needs are. You understand that there are quality differences and there are differences in weight and all those things. And you have a pretty good idea of what it is that you need to buy. Yes. So just... Go down the street and buy it from the... Uh, what? That dealer's so close oh, to no. me. One of the most important factors in your enjoyment of your RV is going to be the dealership. The dealership is the gatekeeper for warranties and is also, honestly, the last step in the assembly line in almost all cases. So even if an RV is perfect, when it leaves a factory, they get towed or driven to the dealership and sometimes have thousands of miles on them before you even see it. Right. So a great dealership has an extensive process called the pre-delivery inspection or PDI. And they go through and test every single component of that RV to make sure it's working properly before you even take delivery of it. Right. And so... As we have said, you know, some dealerships will sell you anything they can sell. Also, there's a huge amount of variety of what can happen during this PDI process. <laughs> I mean, some yeah. dealerships might, you know, wipe down the mirrors and say, okay, it's ready to go. And some dealerships go in and test everything and check it all. And They really do make sure all the systems work, all the plumbing, all the electrical and on all of that. Right. So the way to find out is ask them, what is your... PDI process. And so that's one of the ways of interviewing a dealership. What do you check before I get it? And if they have a checklist, ask to see it. Right. Because there are dealers who just do the minimum possible. They'll maybe wash it 
and put a bottle of propane on it and maybe a battery and that's their PDI. And others, <laughs> for example, where I worked, we had a really good technician and he would test everything. And that's where we found stuff missed by the factory, <laughs> including we had one where they didn't bother to exhaust the heater. So Yikes. that was a little bit dangerous. Yeah. And we found wiring mistakes and plumbing mistakes and, and all kinds of things. So really, a good dealership will test all this stuff so that you know the RV that you're getting is right. And like I say, the best way to determine what that dealership does is to ask them for their checklist or what their process is. And by the way, a lot of this, if not almost all of it, can be done before you ever set foot That's in the dealership. That's true, yeah. Now, we often say, and we have said quite often, and I'm still going to kind of stick by this, that you should use a dealer that's local to you. Because if, no, when, <laughs> if you need some kind of warranty work, the dealer that you bought your RV from will be the one that you need to take it to to do that warranty work. Yeah, so get this, folks. If you go buy a Honda or Toyota or Chevy or Dodge or whatever the heck you go buy that has four wheels, that dealer is a franchise. And let's say it's Chrysler Corporation. Chrysler will say, hey, look, you got to service the vehicles coming in here. You got to handle the recalls. They, there's a lot of requirements, including signage and all of that. An RV dealership is like you'll buy five RVs from a manufacturer and you get a certain price and that's it. They are not franchises. So while they are encouraged to work on RVs as a warranty item, they don't have to. And more so, there's such a giant shortage of RV techs right now. They usually won't work on an RV that isn't purchased there unless they somehow have extra time in their service department. Right, because they are busy doing PDIs and doing warranty work for the trailers or the RVs that they sold. And so there's just not time in the day to work on your RV Right. And also, warranty work is not a profit center for a dealership. And if you're going to invest your family fortune and open an RV dealership, you're going to try to make money at it. I mean, that's just, right. you know, why do you go to work? To make money, right? Yeah. I mean, you want to earn a profit off of your time, whatever that is. And so, the fact that warranty work is not a profit center and you know, people will go to the cheapest dealership and buy something and then bring it to the one that actually takes care of their customers. And frankly, we don't have to work on it. And does it stink? Oh, yeah. Sure it does. But that's something really important to know. While you're interviewing dealerships, finding out about their PDIs and things like that, it's also a good idea to maybe look online and see what kind of ratings yes. they have not only for sales but for service yeah so in the future like like tony said you can have a great experience buying an rv but then you go back because you have a warranty item and i mean i've seen people that have had eight months waiting for a warranty item they lost a whole year of camping yep you know their rv is just sitting around not getting to take them camping and some of that is the true reality that right now parts are really hard to get. And so the dealership may be as conscientious and awesome as any dealer could be, 
But if your air conditioner is broke, they just may not be able to get a new air conditioner. Right, right. I mean, there are some realities of this. And as I've said a million and one times, if you... God, this sounds like such a lecture. <laughs> but if you know a younger person who is even moderately good with their hands, see if they want to be an RV tech because they're... I, I guarantee a lifetime of income. Yeah. Another thing... So I mentioned that the RVs are either towed or driven from the factory to the dealership. That's also a true cost. So if you're like we were in California, Northern California, and RVs that we got from Indiana literally cost us like 3500 bucks to get there. Whereas if you're like, you know, Halet RV, we've interviewed Josh before. His dealership is like 100 miles. If even <laughs> his physical shipping cost is just lower you know where you are and where that dealership is does affect the price it's a it's a hard cost that they have so another little reality that not everybody knows but there are things that should not affect the cost yeah. and these are things also to include in your interview of a dealership yes okay one of the biggest things we've heard is people say, well, if you're not going to finance the trailer through us or the RV through us, then it's a higher price for cash. The 1970 Truth in Lending Act prohibits a different price for cash and credit. There are dealerships, especially larger ones, who have a captive finance arm or a relationship with a financial organization like a big bank or something and they know if they can get you in and tell you your credit isn't as good as it actually is and charge you a really high interest rate they are going to make a big kickback off that right and so if you come in and you are all organized and you pay cash or you've already arranged your financing it cuts into their bottom line and they don't like it but the bottom line is they cannot tell you that a deal doesn't work if you're not going to finance there. If that's what they do, please walk. Yeah. So when you get an RV, no matter what your experience is, there's going to be somebody who shows you how all this stuff works. And RVs are getting more technical and more electronic, like anything, right? Hey, can I just mention real quick... When you go to shop for an RV, this was something I didn't know. It didn't bother me, but it was something I learned when we bought our RV. The day that you find that RV and sign for that RV is not the day you take it home. It's not like oh, a car. It's also no. not like a car in that because a lot of times that PDI or that last minute stuff, you know, if we agreed to get two batteries or we agreed on a third propane tank or whatever the case may be, they need time to put that together. Yeah, usually there's a delay and it depends on a number of things. A, let's say you say, I want that second air conditioner after all, and they have to install it if they can get it. Or <laughs> batteries or propane or whatever. Usually there's a couple of days. I think we waited maybe 10, but that's not only how long it takes them to put your RV in tip-top shape, it's where you are in line because yeah. the guy who bought one three days ago is going to get theirs done before you, of course. Absolutely. So it's just something that I don't know if anybody ever talks about it, or maybe everybody does know and I just didn't, <laughs> <laughs> but it's something that, you, you know, if you go buy a car and you test drive a car and you go in and sit through all the paperwork... You drive away in that car. 
but not the case with an RV. No, absolutely not. You, They go through and do a final inspection, and that's back to that PDI, that pre-delivery inspection. Yeah, and you want that. <laughs> you really do. Then what will happen oftentimes at a better dealership, if there's a technician who goes through and tests everything, that will likely be the person who then shows you how everything works. But not always. Some dealerships will just put you in a class and give you a bunch of generalities with 10 other folks. Some dealerships will have the salesperson do the walkthrough who may have never been camping before. Yeah, that is just weird. So, yeah. <laughs> some dealerships will have the tech. And that's that's how the dealership was that I worked for. And that's how the one where we bought our RV did it is the tech who actually did the testing and evaluation of all the systems is also the one who shows you how they work. Right. So ask who does the walkthrough and how long it is. And we've talked well, about that this. that can vary. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> depends on your knowledge and the systems and, and all. Yeah, that's very true. When you do that walkthrough, and we've mentioned this on how to take delivery of your RV, which we will put a link to also try to have as few distractions as possible on the walkthrough. And that includes members of your family. Right. Yeah. Teenagers who are sulking, yeah. little, little ones who need extra attention, yeah. a dog, you know, anything that is going to distract you. Now, I think it's a great idea if there are two of you, yes, two, two adult members or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, maybe even if you have a child or two who is good at paying attention. Right. You know, we all learn differently and can absorb this information. But if there's someone who is more distraction or bored or whatever, annoyed by the process, they should not go there. Right. Not, so not so that when, day. when Tony and I picked ours up, I wrote notes on a piece of paper because that's how I learn. Right. And Tony videoed the whole thing because yeah. that was a way for us to refer back. Exactly. So, and by the way, if you are... You can ask if you can videotape the walkthrough. Videotape? Wait a minute. Videotape. Videotape. Hey. <laughs> Jeez Louise. If you can video the process, uh, a lot of dealers will let you do it, but not all. When you're in that walkthrough, don't just let them show you how something turns on or off. Reach over and click that button yourself. Make sure you understand what it feels like. Because the first time you go to turn that thing on when you're on your first night of camping, if you didn't understand that it kind of has a, you know, like two-part click to make it really work or something like that, you're going to tap it and it's not going to work and you're going to freak out because yeah. you didn't realize it needs a really strong press or, you know, just... Put your hands on things. It's yeah, yours absolutely. now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Play with it. <laughs> Make sure you understand how those things work while you're there, while that tech or that dealer or that whoever is walking you through is there to show you how if you can't figure it out. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times we got calls from the campsite where people took it from after they bought it from us. And let's be honest, you're learning a lot of stuff at at that walkthrough and people would call and go, how do I turn on the water heater again <laughs> or whatever? And I mean, that's fine. That's why, but the point of that is take it from the dealership and go use it that first night. If you possibly that's can as close as possible. Idea. Yeah. Maybe and a lot two of dealerships will tell you, you know, have re recommended locations of places yep. to go that are nearby. Some even have RV spaces right on the dealership. Right, that's right. Some larger ones. Spend your ones, first so. night right here. Yeah, why not? 
By the way, there are actually people hiring RV inspectors now for new rigs. And we have an interview with one coming up, so we won't go more into that. But, heck, that's another reason to subscribe to this podcast. That's we have right. more information coming down the road. <laughs> yeah, so RV inspectors, even on new rigs, because of shortages and and. Yeah, and demand. Uh, some companies are rushing through processes more yeah. than they used to. Not all. Some Not are all. some are really diligent. We told you a few weeks ago about being at the Rockwood factory and they test all the units at the end of the assembly line, but not all. Right. So, right. so maybe you. if 98 percent of what you learn from a dealership when you interview them is great, but you're not as comfortable with their PDI as you would like to be. That might be a reason to hire an RV inspector to yeah. come with you, let them kind of do your PDI. And then if, you know, like I said, if everything else about the dealership is so great that that's where you want to go, then it's worth it to just kind of get a second pair of professional eyes on that rig before you take it. Yeah. Okay. They're going to ask you for all kinds of stuff when you're buying that RV. What, like your firstborn? Well, just about. <laughs> Extended warranties, fabric, appearance, roadside assistance packages, all kinds of stuff like that. Wait, they're going to ask you for fabric? Yeah, there are fabric warranties. There are oh, appearance warranties. warranties. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, let's try yeah. that again. Hey, can you bring... They're going to ask you to buy warranties on fabric, appearance, roadside assistance, and right. all those things. Don't do it. I will say... There are extended warranty plans, and whether or not these make sense in your world oftentimes depends on your own finances and your own aversion to risk and that kind of thing. So I would compare extended warranties before you even go into the dealership because there are companies that sell them in the aftermarket, and truthfully, some dealers have good warranty packages. So I would look at what is covered. And again, we have an article about that, put a link to that. But, you know, whether or not an extended warranty makes sense for you. But fabric care, exterior appearance care, roadside assistance. I mean, go get roadside assistance from the FMCA. It is the yeah. best. It is the best package out there, period. Fabric care, appearance care. Don't waste your money. Seriously. I mean, if you spill ketchup on your dinette, are you really going to take your RV in for possibly waiting several months for them to be able to get around to ordering you yeah, a new right. dinette cover. It yeah. just, you know, maybe eh, you're just going to wash it off and yeah, don't waste, you, you've don't broken waste it money. in. <laughs> and truthfully, a lot of the upholstery in RVs just stinks and that's just the way it is. So have an idea about financing before you go in. And I'm not going to talk that much more about this here because we interviewed Manya Tenney from the dealership that I worked at, and she is just a whiz at financing. Right. And so, so I'll put a link to that episode, but... This is going to be a linky show notes. It really is. It's, <laughs> yeah. We're going to bounce you all over stressless camping, but that's truthfully why we built that website right. to provide you with resources. So this is kind of a summary of some of those resources. There you go. So listen to that episode too. She, she really knows her stuff and she's very straightforward and forthcoming. So bottom line is have some idea, know what your credit score is, know what financing options are available before you walk in. Now, notice we haven't even talked about price yet because, you know, if you're getting additional value in a great tech or 
a dealership that listens to you, you might pay a little more. That's reality. And pricing right now, normally what I used to tell people is figure to pay about 30% below MSRP. That used to be about the norm. All bets are off. With the shortage of RVs, (laughs) some are selling as high as list price or above. The pricing on used RVs is just nuts. One benchmark to use is nataguides.com. Again, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But even that isn't that accurate because prices fluctuate and there's so much demand that it's all over the board. I mean, there are people who will literally offer to buy your RV sometimes at an RV park or something like that. They're like, hey, I, I want one of those. It's just weird. Yeah, so, uh, so Nata Guide is great, kind of a baseline, but it's not necessarily yeah. the number that's going to end up. Yeah, unfortunately, right now there's not. You're not that likely to find a super terrific deal. It's certainly possible, but not very likely. One of the things, though, don't fall for a bunch of add-on fees that some dealers put. Shipping charges, that's usually rolled right into the price of the RV. PDI fees, some of them will charge you for that PDI. Fake DMV fees, paperwork fees. There's so much malarkey that they can put. Josh talked about that in that episode when we talked to him. So you can walk into a dealership and say, well, the dealership down the street has the price $2,000 lower. And what that dealership can tell you is, well... Tell them to add on all their wonky fees and then give you the out the door number. And I bet they're not that different from us. Right. And that goes to nowadays with there's this thing called the Internet. You might be able to just get your prices and numbers before you ever walk into a dealership. Most of them will show what inventory they have on their websites. So you can look, let's say you've narrowed it down to a certain floor plan that you like and you see, oh, you know, Fred's dealership down the street has one. Email them and say, hey, how much out the door for that thing? I will buy it today if the price is right. Don't expect a huge discount right now. It That will right. come back in the future. But right now, this may not be the best time to buy an RV. However, I recently heard someone say this might also be the only time that your daughter is 10 years old and you want to take her places. Yeah. So, you know, what's the value of that, right? Anyway, you might be able to do the whole deal via email before you ever walk in the door. You walk in the door. It's all decided. You sign the paperwork. A few days later, you're camping. Nice. I did exactly this with this guy named Fred who bought an RV from me from Canada. So we're in Northern California. He saw the RV that we that he wanted on our lot. We emailed several times, came to an agreement. He came down, bought the RV. It was exactly the price that we had agreed on. The RV made him happy. And there you go. So a good dealership will work with you that way. Right. Again, a lot of these guys really want to play games and twist you around. But there are plenty of dealerships who won't do that. Right. So shop for your dealership. Yep. So here's the recap. Decide what you want. Shop for your dealership. Shop for your RV in that order. Yeah, exactly. That's the deal. 
Okay. Well, hopefully it wasn't too luxury. I'm going to take my soapbox now and put it away. (laughs) But I I really do hope this helps. In the meantime, we will be back because we are going somewhere really cool right after this. We know lots of people who would love to try out stressless camping, but don't have an RV. That's why we love RV Share. It's a great way to test the waters without jumping in with both feet. With RV Share, you can rent other people's RVs so you can experience stressless camping firsthand. It's a great way to decide which RV is right for you. Try motorhomes, travel trailers, or fifth wheels and see what fits your lifestyle. And if you want a safe and secure way to make money with your RV, RV Share is the way to do that safe secure and a great way to start stressless camping so check out rv share on the discounts and deals page on our website today so we are going to continue to talk about our road trip maybe for a few more weeks because there was so much fun stuff to talk about and i wrote kind of a little summary on my personal facebook page and i said seeing things firsthand is one of the best ways to remove preconceived notions and incorrect opinions in your head about (laughs) a place or a group or whatever it is right anyway we went to the black hills national forest area of south dakota we did we have a friend who invited us to come hang out lisa mcdermott the girl camper guide for south dakota right so lisa and her husband carl let us stay with them and lisa took us on a tour of the area lisa is a phenomenal tour guide she's so, she really she's knows so we had so much fun with we her we really did so she took us to first the crazy horse memorial And for those of you who don't know what this is, is it is a tribute to the Native American history of South Dakota, which is pretty extensive. I mean, South Dakota has a very long, rich history of Native American people. And what this is, is they are basically carving a gigantic statue. Is it a statue if it's carved out of a rock? I don't know, but it's a gigantic memorial to there you go. Crazy Horse. Right, and Crazy Horse was a warrior in the tribe who was just renowned for his abilities. Anyway, they are basically carving a, a memorial to him out of a mountain. Right, so they're turning the mountain into Crazy Horse. Now, they are doing this without any government money or support and so therefore it's taking a long time because it's all privately financed and so they do get donations and things like that and you can pay to go in it's basically the family of the man who designed it and started is still the one that is working on it yeah yeah and they have put a college there for the native american people i believe it is open to all tribes and members of native american descent but the the crazy horse statue is enormous i mean it is literally (laughs) a mountain so it's uh it's crazy horse the, the guy himself on the back of a horse kind of pointing the head is is like the face not even just the head but just the face is kind of done now and it's like 
huge. Yeah, it is. It's and it's beautiful. So anyway, that was that was cool to see. And you can walk around. There's a lot of Native American history and artwork and and they do some presentations yeah, and presentations some dances. that was yeah, cool yeah so it's it's really a neat thing of course there is controversy over that whole installation because there are no pictures of crazy horse it's all based on a verbal description and you know some people don't like it but it's impressive as heck <laughs> Speaking of blowing up mountains and putting faces on them. Right. So the Crazy Horse Memorial actually kind of dwarfs Mount Rushmore in yeah. scale. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, South like, Dakota. I thought, I thought Mount Rushmore was, I don't know, an entire mountain range. I don't know what I thought because yeah, I hadn't I been there. I thought it was huge. It's really, I mean, it's big. <laughs> it's but big it's... and it's awe-inspiring. Yes. But it's kind of small even compared to the Crazy Horse, when, it, when Crazy Horse is completed. Yeah. But we did get to go to Mount Rushmore. It was... Like I said, on it just—it's not something you can even describe being there. You know, you've seen it. Everybody's seen pictures. You've seen pictures of your friends, but being there and actually seeing it—yeah, it's so much. It's more. very, yeah, it, it's it's impressive as heck. And of course, we bought all kinds of Mount Rushmore souvenirs, naturally, including socks. Well, of course, so <laughs> always socks. <laughs> I know it's always socks. <laughs> But yeah, there's uh, Mount Rushmore is, was also very, very impressive. And uh, then we got in Lisa's Jeep. And we drove through Custer State Park. Yeah. Now, that was fun. That was so awesome because we did get to see two or three big herds of bison that live there at the state park. Yeah. And of course, we saw... Don't... <laughs> People, <laughs> put in your own description uh, of the people who were out of their cars, yeah. taking the pictures, getting too close, and we just drove by shaking our heads. We know better. We've seen well, I those was pictures videoing. and videos. I'm like, hey, you know, if, if, if somebody's <laughs> got to shoot this for YouTube, <laughs> right? if they end up at the end of an antler with their pants down. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, be cognizant of wild animals are wild. They might be cool, but... They can do a lot of ouchy stuff. Yeah, for sure. So we saw a bunch of antelope. We saw a bunch of prairie dogs. And then we saw <laughs> some donkeys standing by the side <laughs> of the road. And Lisa pulled over and I thought, oh, good. And people were out and people were near them. And I thought, well, okay, that seems safer than a bison. Yeah, they don't have horns. And but they still Lisa, have bitey parts. <laughs> that's when Lisa handed us bags of food pellets that she had brought along for us to be able to feed the donkeys. Yeah, so that, that was, was really so cool. cool. Yeah. So we got to feed them and pet them and talk to them and... They're a little persistent. They yeah, act like they they're starving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once they know you have food, you are their friends. Right. And they're, they will like surround you and, and want some. I shared some of my little pellets with uh, some little kids that were there and they just dug it. So they're, they're very friendly, the yeah. donkeys. And then we also got a chance to drive through Wind Cave National Park, which was also very beautiful. Didn't get time to go to caves. So... That's on the list for when we go back. Yeah. One of the <laughs> things I learned, and how many times have I said this on this podcast, we got to go back and spend a longer period of time there because just that whole South Dakota area, there's so much to see and do. I mean, you could easily spend 
days in these parks. In just that corner of the state. Oh, without you a know? doubt. And we don't even know what's in the other three-fourths of the state. Right? So, so again, another yeah. destination for the future. Absolutely. And that day for lunch, oh, ooh, man, oh, oh, oh. we went to the town of Hill City. We were in Custer. That's where Lisa lives. But we went to Hill. She took us to Hill City to the Alpine Inn for lunch. Yeah. My heavens. It's a German family owned yes. inn and, and it's, restaurant. You never know when you wake up that you're going to have Spätzle that day. Right. <laughs> so that's what I had for lunch is uh, Spätzle, which is a cheesy. Spätzle is like a German noodle. If you ever want to make pasta and you're like, I only have flour, milk, and eggs and salt. Well, you're you in luck. You can make spetzel. If you have a colander, <laughs> you, it, it's the easiest, fastest thing to make. But they had this great spetzle and, and their red cabbage haut was, oh, it was the was best. It was the creamiest I've, red cabbage I've ever had. It was the tasted. best I've ever oh, had. It was so I good. I mean, yeah, they, they really nailed it. But as good as the food was. The dessert. Oh, my God, wow. Becky. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was so good. So everything was so delicious. So during the day, they have a full, during the lunch time, they have a, like a full menu you can order. But Lisa said at night, your choice is, well, she said your, ta- your choice is steak or spätzle. And what I think I saw is that your choice is a steak dinner or a bratwurst and spätzle. Yeah. And that's your and choice. None of that is bad. <laughs> that food was out. You have to go there. We also yeah. went to a and just know that we not to overeat your lunch because you are going to be really sad if you miss out on dessert. It you was won't so know, good. but trust me, we will know. <laughs> we'll know. <laughs> uh, you don't. You really don't want to miss dessert there. Right. In fact, maybe we should put the Spetsley recipe on our website because that's a good make-ahead item. It, yeah, and you, you can, can make it in a camper. It's well, actually, you can. Even easier, you can make it at home, do the boiling part, and then when you get to camping, you can do that fry it in butter thing. And <laughs> Yeah, or if you have a, we got a flat top griddle. If you have one of those, you can fry the Spetsley there. Yeah, I'll put the Spetsley yeah, recipe. Yeah, okay, we'll put that on. <laughs> All right, so now that we're full, full of dessert, (laughs) I have a question for you. Yes? My question this week is, do you keep your hitch attached to your tow vehicle? Oh. Like all the time? You know, like, do you just leave it on there in case you want to go camping next couple days or something? Do you run into it with your kneecap yeah. because of that? Well, does your chewing gum lose its flavor on the bedpost overnight? That might be next week's question. Okay, there we go. <laughs> but this week, I'm curious how many people actually take their toe ball off. And, you know, do you store it in the garage? Do you store it in the bed of the truck? Do you... <laughs> put it in the passenger seat next to you and put right. a seatbelt on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, no, I know don't do that. people that people say that, you know, if, if you want to keep it with the vehicle, if you're in an SUV, that's pretty easy because you just put it in the back. But if you're in a pickup, then I don't know, you can't just leave it in the bed of the truck or someone will take it. <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah, it is a big chunk of metal. So and so. and what I found out the other day is that not everyone knows that you can buy locking pins for that. Some people just use a cotter pin and yeah. then they're worried about their hitch getting stolen and that's very easy to remedy yeah very not expensive and very easy hey i don't know if you know but i know and now you know that we do a once a week newsletter and it is absolutely free it is absolutely free and we tell you 
not only things that are going on here at Stressless Camping, but also things that we've seen out there in the world of camping. Yeah, the camping universe. The camping universe. And we only send it once a week, and we will never share your info. So you can sign up free at StresslessCamping.com. In fact, that is a great place to start to jump off to all the social places where we are. You know, all of that Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and all of those places. Right. Start at StresslessCamping.com. Right. And before you jump off, uh-huh. make sure you sign up for the newsletter. And then yep. also go check out some of the other pages, especially our Discounts and Deals page. Yeah, absolutely. That's where you'll find deals for the things you need for your next Stressless Camping adventure. And if you've got a great deal for our audience... Let us know. Please let us know. We'd love to share it. Hey, do you have any friends? I mean, a few. Do they RV? <laughs> Most of them. <laughs> well, you can share the Stressless Camping Podcast with them, and hopefully they get a tip that will help them. That would be very nice of you to do that. Yeah. And the other thing that would be super nice of you to do, since you're just waiting around to share us with your friends. Are they? Spend a minute writing a review for us yes you know we had two reviews thank you julian thank you lisa this past week and it pushed us to the next level in apple podcasts the reviews really do tell apple people are listening and apple's still the big daddy rabbit in terms of podcast distribution here in the u.s so please please if you uh would be so kind as to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That really makes all the difference in the world, in the podcast universe. Yeah. And if you haven't already done it, if you're listening for the first time, what what's the term? Mash that subscribe button. Oh, dear. <laughs> wow. Peggy's been watching YouTube. <laughs> Spent too much time on YouTube lately. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, yeah, but well, do. just click on it then. Whatever you want to do. But Smash that subscribe <laughs> button. Ooh, yeah. But subscribe to the Stressless Camping Podcast. Yeah, it is free. And then you free. won't miss a minute of our corniness. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if that's a if that's an oh, enticement. Maybe I should have a... said it differently. <laughs> I, um, it's all good. <laughs> Boy, we sure appreciate your being here with us once again this week. Thank you very much. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for the reviews. And most of all, happy camping. We hope you learned a lot, had some fun, and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping.